Father, we thank you this morning. We bless you for the moment to hear your word. Bless your word, anoint your word, and anoint the people of God and inspire hearts in Christ's name. Somebody said amen. amen. My discussion this morning, I've titled it Distractions and Pullbacks. Distractions and Pullbacks. Things that distract, things that pull you back and prevent you from fulfilling what God has called you to do. In the book of Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 3, the Bible says that then he brought us out from there that he might bring us in to give us the land of which he swore to our fathers. God took Israel out of Egypt with a purpose in mind. He had a definite plan. He wasn't joking. He wasn't acting by heart. He had a purpose to take them out of that land of bondage. And in his mind, at the end of it all, you place them in a different land, which will be the land of God, the people of God, the city of God, and all that. So God is a God of purpose and objectivity. So for you here who is a Christian... You are not saved by chance. There's a purpose for your calling. There's a reason why God took you out of darkness into his marvelous light and made you a part of his family. There's a reason why you're a member of this church. God has a plan for your life. Somebody say amen. He took you from somewhere and he's taking you somewhere. Hallelujah. Apart from that, as a Christian, as an individual, you have what we call the power of desire. Say desire. Okay, you also have what we call the power of imagination. If you have desire and you have imagination, you can create a future in your mind. If you have power of imagination and power of desire, you can design something for yourself and for your future. Normally, we call that building castles in the air. It's all right because you have to build them in the air before you build them on the ground. So I'm talking about you desiring something in the future for yourself. It's called a personal goal or a personal vision. Now, for all the two things I've mentioned, God's plan and your desire, not everybody gets what they plan for. Not everybody arrives where they try to get to. They may plan it, they may desire it, may they design it, but not everybody lays hold on a thing in, I mean, practically. Others go halfway and lose it. Others go three-quarters of the way. Others, you know, fail at, you know, somewhere there. But today I want us to discuss one of the reasons why most of the time we don't finish and finish well. We start, we got on, but along the line, 
we fade out. And the dream and the goal and the plans perish. Because there are many people in this world whom God called maybe at age 15 or at maybe 20 or 30 with a specific goal in mind. But that goal has perished. That plan is in, on the, the dumps because they didn't follow a few things. I want to take one of them for us to discuss this morning. So uh, I, I, I thought through that there was a number of things hinder us from finishing well and achieving God's goal for us. And one of them can be laziness. One of them can be lack of planning. One of them can be fear. And many others. And the, one, the last but one is what my father used to tell me. He says that the vicissitudes of, lives, <laughs> of life and the unforeseeable contingencies. That means that things happen in this world you did not plan for. In your calculation, you didn't factor that one in. But against your will, against your plans, something just crops in and mess up your whole plan. Example is COVID. At the beginning of last year, last two years, there were so many plans, so many goals and so many things people were trying to do. Weddings, church buildings, church finance, businesses, travel, vacationing, different things. But from nowhere, without our permission, COVID came in and messed up all the plans of men. Now, the big point here is that you cannot control things like that. But after it's all said and done, you have to find a way of navigating your way to another level of success and not just remain dead and crucified because of the troubles of COVID. Somebody say amen. amen. Listen, things do happen in this world. Things do happen. Uh, and they are beyond our control. Sometimes they are heartbreaking. They're heart-wrenching. They hit your family. They hit your church. They hit your life. They hit your ministry, your career. And it's, it breaks your heart. But listen, there's a God in heaven who heals brokenheartedness. There's a God in heaven who out of trouble can bring victory. Out of trial can bring triumph. I don't know where you stand today, how much uh, damage COVID has done to your life. Some of you have been crying all day long, and I understand that. Because the damage was severe. But listen, you can't go back to the past. You can't cry over spilled milk. Lift up your eyes. Look up to God. The God of heaven who can make things turn around to your advantage. Give God some praise. <laughs> COVID has disturbed all of us. I have gotten a few more inches to my belly. Uh, let me continue. <laughs> so I'm going to give you two examples of people who were able to uh, spot one of the peculiar hindrances to finishing well. And I call that distractions and pullbacks. Two people, I'm talking about Jesus and Paul. Unless you can how they handle distraction for them to finish well. In fact, in all scripture, only those two persons were able to say boldly, I have finished my course. As I stand here, I can't say boldly, I have finished my course. No, 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 no. I think I have a lot of courses to finish. <laughs> but Christ says, I have finished with 
boldness, with conviction. Paul, about to die, says, I have run the race. I've done the course. I have finished. He could say, I have fought a good fight. Man, that's powerful. Either he was bragging or he was, was speaking the truth. Either he was lying or speaking the truth. But I believe Paul was speaking the truth. That he has finished the work, fully preached the gospel. He has run the race. and was about to go. If he had extra time to stay around to help a little bit. And what are some of the things they did to help them uh, finish their course? Let's go to Matthew 16, verse 23. Uh, I want to center on Christ for now, then I'll come back to Paul. In Matthew 16, remember the story where Christ asked all the disciples, who do men say that I am? Everybody was quiet. Everybody knew the answer. From nowhere, Peter gave some truth. He said, you are the Christ, man. And Christ says, man, Peter, this one, you got it. And having revealed it to you, and Peter was feeling good about himself. So you, you think that Peter is a very anointed, insightful man. In the next breath, Christ says that I must go to the cross. And this same Peter guy, with the same passion and intentionality, he said, Lord, you are not going. And that looks like a good, a good, a good, a good, a good exhortation. Because why are you going to die on the cross? We are, we are having fun here. You give us food to eat when you're hungry. You give us fish. You give us healing. So you, you are fine with me. Why are you going to die on the cross? You know? And look at what Christ said in verse 23. It's very important. I'm reading from the NIV. Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. You are a stumbling block to me. That means that Christ knows where he's going. He knows the agenda. He knows the plans of God. But what Peter is saying will not get him there. If he follows good old Peter, his old good friend, the guy who just got the revelation, if he follows his advice, it will be a good thing but he will not finish well. It will land him off course. Though it's a good intention advice, it will not let him meet God's standard and finish why he was brought to this earth. That is why every believer must be quick to discover a distraction. You must be very fast if anybody or anything comes into your space, into your arena, and influences you away from the concerns of God, you must be quick to eject it. Christ was so alert when Peter said that good-hearted, good intention, exhortation. He said, no, brother, you are a stumbling block to me because what you are saying is good, but it will block divine purposes. This afternoon, I want to encourage all of you here in this auditorium, nicely dressed, though I can't see your faces, you can't see mine, but we are all here. I want to exhort you that don't let any man or anything be a stumbling block to God's purposes in your life. Nobody, nobody. Peter was anointed. 
He had got a revelation. He had brought that truth. But at this time around, what he was saying is going to detour him, of course. And please, young ladies, young men, I know, I know that you are the next generation to carry the banner of the gospel. You need to live with conviction and purpose and not yield to any advice, social, secular, or spiritual, which does not lead you into divine purposes. Go ahead and give God a clap offering. It is so important because you will get many of them. The godly marriage, godly living, godly ministry, you have examples that suggest a shortcut. But in the end, it will take you away from God's purpose. Let me read for you from the NLT that says that Jesus turned to Peter and said, get away from me. Satan, this one is, is getting serious. It's called the guy Satan. You are, listen to this carefully. You are a dangerous trap to me. I wish many of you will be alert enough to see dangerous traps. Because they're all over the place. From morning to evening, from the plane to the car, from home to work, there are dangerous traps to ministry. To, to integrity in marriage, to purity in marriage, there are dangerous traps. And don't be so naive to walk into them just like that. Give God some praise. Give God some praise. And you know what? This dangerous trap was trapped in a good person. It was trapped in a spiritual person. A man of revelation, a man of insight. Who knows the word? But this time around, he's got it wrong. And so please open your eyes. What, I, I, what my heart, you know, grieves after is people you see who have a godly assignment, a godly gift, a godly strength, and they just blow it and messes it up, and they are just the tools of the enemy. That grieves my heart. And so I'm praying to God for all of you this morning that whatever thing you are doing, let your eyes be open to see dangerous traps and don't walk into them. Give God some praise. Tomorrow is Monday. You are going to see dangerous traps. This time around, don't just fall into the traps. Even the, even the rabbits and the squirrels are getting wiser. Snakes are getting wiser. They are beating the traps. So you anointed woman of God, don't just move into the trap because men can set traps. They know how to set traps. They know your weakness. They know what you need. They know your vulnerability. And they can set traps for you. And please don't fall into it. Hello. Give God some praise. Give God some praise. I need women of conviction. Women of integrity. Who know who they are in God? Who know the assignment on earth? Who are determined to fulfill that assignment no matter what? I respect such ladies. Somebody say amen. amen. Oh, give God some praise, somebody. A woman, can you see a dangerous trap this week when they come around? 
Can you see them? Sometimes you see them, but the bait is too good. Sometimes you see the trouble, but the bait is too good to let go. Whoo! Whoo! Man! When you see them, can you see them? Sometimes you know it's a trap, but the woman is too good to let go. But I charge you this afternoon, be strong in your faith and work in conviction and say, no way. My goodness. All right. So let's, let, let's, let's move on to my, to my next point. Apostle Paul. Please, can I see that time so that I can, I can go off? Apostle Paul said the same thing. He says that, let me know so that I beg go. Okay. Now it's now short, so you have to. So Apostle Paul to said, I've, I mean, when the guy was about to die, he said, I've run the race. And he looks back, and it is true, he had run the race. Let's look at some of the things he did as a, as a way of uh, finishing the race. Now, mostly, if you look at Paul's writings, he compares the Christian life to boxing. Or to long distance running. Boxing, that's why I say, I fought a good fight. Boxing is a fight there. But then the running, the long distance running is, I finished the course. So boxing and, uh, and, and, and running. Now, to be able to finish your race, you will need stamina. Someone says stamina. If you don't have stamina, you may quit. And this morning, I pray to God that somebody will pick stamina in the Holy Ghost. For some of you, many of us are already tired by COVID. COVID, I might have bred it already. And when you are tired, you become vulnerable. May God give you grace. May God give you strength. That you don't mess up. That you can run the race. And by the way, the Christian race is 200 meter dash. It's a long winding road. Next time you are climbing a mountain, you are descending the valley, you are crossing the river, you are walking through the bushes, you are walking upon stones. It's a long, windy road. And sometimes we all get weary. But may God Almighty give us strength. As we take communion today, may supernatural strength come into you to keep running. Give God some praise. Give God some praise. Let me show you three things Paul did, and I'll, I'll, and I'll cut it short. One, in Hebrews 12, one says that, let us lay aside everything that distracts. Say distracts. There are things that distract us. As a pastor, some things distract me. As a Christian, some things distract you. But Paul is saying that if you want to finish well, and end well and finish your course decide to note the things that distract you number them band them them together and set them aside if you don't set them aside all your Christian life they will beset you they will distract you They they, they they, they will encumber you they will hinder you and your Christian life won't be so interesting it will be a lot of falling and rising and falling and rising constant. It becomes boring. But today, let me try somebody. Just decide that from this afternoon, 
I am going to pick those hindering things and I'm going to bundle them and I'm going to make up my mind by the strength of God to set them aside. Your life will change. Your Christian work will be very exciting. It will be eventful. It will be full of the workings of God because you are giving God a chance to work in life. Give God some praise some more So lay aside. Someone say lay aside. Number two, he does. He says, this one thing I do, I forget the past. Now there are things in our past that pull us back. I call them pullbacks. Hello? There are some things in our lives they have the tendency of drawing you back to the times of old. If you don't consciously cut the links, they will keep you back and forth. It will be difficult to go for it. Have you seen people, people who try to, uh, I, I, what do they call it? I think they call it, is it, is it tug of war or whatever? Somebody is, somebody is pulling there. You don't move forward because it's going here and going there. Decide to cut everything that pulls you back. And listen, you know what pulls you back. Don't pretend you don't know. And don't give it all on demons. Demons are there. But some of the things, it is you who allow them to influence you and draw you back. Paul says, this one thing, it was his life philosophy. It was a principle. This one thing I do, it's my life, my life motto. I cut out the past. I let it go. Be it relationship, be it sin, be it whatever. If it pulls you back, you got to cut it. Someone say, cut it. If you are here and somebody's husband is giving you money and you are taking and you are praising God stop praising God and repent you know that he has given you more not for because she has the love of God it is for a certain agenda and maybe you are even for the agenda and you love God. I mean, you love praises. You love to worship. But after worship, other things to take you. Years ago, I had a, a guy who used to come to my church. I mean, that guy loved church. But he's always booze worshiping God. You could, hear, you could hear that the guy has been booze and is worshiping God. And we said, brother, you, you have to let go of this thing so that uh, anyway so it's important that you cut off every link somebody say amen. amen there are certain relationships if you continue on that route it will mess you up I encourage you cut the lines cut the lines cut the lines cut the lines it could be long distance relationship but cut the lines you know that you are not be having integrity you know you are playing a game Cut the lines so you can go forward. Listen, God has got something big for you in your future. After all, he called you. When you didn't know him, he made you know him. And he called you. And he pulled you. And he washed you. And he anointed you. And he gave you power. It's for a reason. He's a responsible God. Give him the chance to do what he does best. Give God some praise.
The last one I want to mention is Paul says that I subdue my flesh. Hello. Hello. In God, they say hello. In hello, I don't want to hello. The flesh. Eh? Time's up. Okay, okay. I, I, I cut. I'm sorry, forgive me. So, oh, hello. Flesh. Okay. So, Paul says that, listen to this. He says that, I subdue my body. Otherwise, after I have finished preaching, I'll be disqualified. Hey! So you can preach and be disqualified. Yehoah. God help preachers. Meanwhile, the same temptation you go through is the same we also go through. What you see is what we see. But ours is another level. Say, God have, God have mercy on us. <laughs> pray for pastors. So pray for pastors. It won't be easy. But Paul said, I know the flesh is there. The flesh loves some things. But I have made up my mind. You have to make up your mind. This was not Holy Ghost. It's not anointing oil. It's not having communion. It's a choice you have to make. And this afternoon, somebody make a choice. I have come to call somebody into a new Christian living of power. But you must make a choice. That choice will land you into a realm of supernatural power. If you allow the flesh, it will keep you in the flesh. And you wallow in the flesh and in sin and never know the extent and the scope of the grace of God and the power of God available to you. So this afternoon, make up your mind. Make up your mind. Make up your mind. It's a choice. It's a choice. And Paul made that choice. Others were in his team. They didn't. Paul says that Demas has loved this world and he has gone back. Demas was in Paul's team. He didn't make up. He said he has loved this present world and he has gone back to the world. Because the world is fine, isn't it? Huh? The world is sweet. You don't, you don't agree? You don't agree? Hey. Okay, let me not go there. Let me, let me just preach on. But you have to make up your mind to block every distraction. Very important. I just, I just want to make it simple and I'll close. In closing, because of our time, there's a story of Apostle Paul who went to, uh, who was traveling to Rome and he had two things happening to him, a storm and a snake. See, a storm and a snake. From nowhere, a snake came around his hands. Bible said he, he shook the snake off. That was a distraction. I can't go into it. I just, let me just end it here. This morning, I want to encourage somebody to shake it off. Say, shake it off. Some of you can see that there's a snake in your room, a snake in your house, a snake in your office, even a snake in a department. The party that won the thing, the thing. Anyway, let's appreciate the, 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 the Amorberes. They can fight spiritually and physically. Glory to God. We love you, we love you, we love you. But there can be a snake somewhere there. You have to shake it off. 
if you don't shake it off, they will stay around and what? They will grow. When the snake grows, it's more wilder and fiercer and more dangerous. So any snake in your space, shake it off. Bounce my Jesus. Just come for the Lord. Shake it off. Paul wasn't a sinner. He was a man of God. But the snake didn't care. He came. So it may be anointed as a, a, a worshiper, as a preacher like me, the devil wants to sneak in there. But don't give him space. Don't entertain it. Shake it off. And don't be distracted. Give God a clap offering. I'm closing. I'm closing. I'm closing. I want to t- say this to encourage you. That even Christ, when he came on this earth, had so many distractions. But he kept on moving. So keep on moving. Amen. People said, he cast, out de- uh, he cast out demons by Beelzebub. Can you imagine? Son of God. He didn't mind. He kept on casting out devils. They said he has a demon. He didn't mind. He kept on. He wasn't instructed. He kept on casting out devils. They said he was a bastard. He didn't mind. He kept on. At one point, he went to one, one city. They said, Master, can you go out of our, can, can you leave this place? Can you, can you, can you leave our, our territory? And he left. He didn't stop. He still kept on preaching and casting out devils. Don't let anything or any man or any situation stop you from pursuing divine goals. Let people arise today and follow divine purposes. Pay the price. Cut off the links. And let God help you fulfill your divine agenda. Don't let gossip, criticism, envy, Whatever, whatever stop you. If you are here, you are thinking of stopping church or stop following Christ. You want to cut corners because things are up. Don't do that. Don't do that. What you have is called heavenly calling. It's called a holy calling. Hey, you are being invited by Jehovah to be his partner, to be his friend, to be his envoy in this world. What an honor. What a blessing. Don't cut it short. Don't sell it short for cheap things of this world. Respond to the heavenly calling. Paul said, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. My goodness, let somebody today be obedient to the upward call of God. My goodness, I feel the Holy Ghost now. Let somebody decide today. I came to challenge somebody. You know you have a calling of God. You know the hand of God is on you. You know you have something. You, you know it. You feel it. It's clear. People tell you, but you are playing games. Say with Paul, I, am, I wasn't disobedient to the heavenly vision. Rise to your feet. As you we have come with open hearts.